Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 261. Glad you could join us. It is going to be a big episode because E3 was pretty crazy. So let's start with some introductions and then we'll get into the topic. So, Bate, lead us off. Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Bate. I'm a genuine certified Florida man and uh, not a console gamer anymore. Like, did you like get rid of your console or just a, a life choice? I know. I, I I unplugged my Xbox um, last week. Took it on down to uh, down to the old GameStop and uh, got my uh, eighty dollars uh, for it. So no longer is that uh, part of me. So hopefully, I can get this uh, get this computer beefed up a little bit um, for what sounds like is going to be a really fun uh, twenty twenty for video games. Yes, indeed. All right, Jay, you're up. Yeah, hey, my name's Jay. I'm also one of the co-hosts here on Biomass, obviously. And uh, I have not turned in my PlayStation, uh, nor will I, likely. Uh, but I may, in fact, at one point buy a computer or mayhaps a Stadia, maybe? We shall see. Uh, but yeah, it's been a really kind of a fun week, kind of just watching the videos and stuff roll in. I'm, I'm on travel at work right now, so I'm actually recording from a hotel so it, it's kind of neat trying to catch up on uh the it, just storm of information that's coming out left right and center which is kind of cool uh it's what e3 is definitely about i did notice though that um e3 is definitely we probably are talking at least a little bit about how e3's changed over the last couple of years because it's definitely a little bit different now and it's also kind of the news cycle is extended a bit because you kind of get the week prior with a bunch of pre-leaks to sort of generate interest or garner other act, uh, discussion. Uh, so this has turned what was traditionally E3 two weeks, I believe. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. It's, uh, I suspect we'll probably even have some stuff trailing after this uh, with additional things coming out. So it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun to have the uh, the big announcements kind of spread out. It's uh, the gift that kind of keeps on giving. All right, Libby, you're up. Hello, I'm Libby. Um... I'm not trading in my console, and I'm very surprised that we live in an age where we have either or. Why can't we have both? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm also a hybrid gamer, I guess. I don't really care what platform it is. I play it on all things. I don't really care. Uh, I am Pokey Draven. I help host the show, obviously. And uh, yeah, so big stuff. Uh, let's start off with, we're going to kind of just like a break it down kind of by publisher, by, by presentation, because there was just a whole bunch of them. So we're going to kind of keep things moving, but I just kind of want to touch on a few of the more major announcements uh, for each of these big groups. So let's start with EA because they went first. Uh, Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order. This is one that was pretty hotly anticipated. Um, I know Jay and Bate, you, you guys kind of going back and forth in the chat earlier with kind of differing opinions. So I kind of be curious to see what both of you think about this and, uh, you know, compare your thoughts. Yeah, Bate, you want to go ahead, man? Yeah, so, um, so if somehow you, you lived under a rock, I'll kind of I'll kind of recap what's going on with, uh, with Fallen Order. So uh, Jedi Fallen Order is, uh, and we've known that it's uh, going to be a, a, a third-person um, Star Wars game, obviously, uh, from Respawn, which you all know from uh, Titanfall. Uh, for sure, and uh, and Apex Legends, I think too. Um, so that's them, and they're making the third-person Star Wars game. I want to say it's set right there uh, between like 
is it three and four? Or is it set between six and seven? I, I can't remember honestly. Um, although I'm I'm kind of leaning toward the three uh, between three and four. But anyway, um, so at, at E3 they they finally released the first uh, the first gameplay, the first look at uh, at it. And personally, this was a game that I was kind of looking forward to. I, I I thought the idea behind it was just fine and. Um, and you know, respawn is not a bad studio. I, I like Titanfall. I do, um, but something about this game just after watching the the gameplay, it just didn't sit well. It, it, not that it didn't sit. It, it's not what I, I was expecting. I think is is what I said. Um, so uh, a couple of things that that I kind of noticed. Um, obviously respawn being being who they are and, and titanfall being what it is um there is um there's wall running in the game which is a a, a cool little uh a cool little feature um but at, at least in the in the gameplay that they that they had and and i will say i thought it was a kind of a weird like slice of the game to show off but it showed off everything that i guess they wanted to so um it it just i don't know a lot of it felt out of place um and and i'll kind of jump around as, as everything comes to me um the combat i i thought was was fine it, it wasn't the best combat in the world i don't think um and you you are playing as a Jedi, so you do have your your lightsaber and your force powers and all that. Um, but but still, something with the combat didn't didn't quite sit well with me, and, and I I really cannot put my finger on on why. Um, but hopefully, um, you know, hopefully the rest of the game isn't um, or that that somehow either gets fixed or it, it's not as bad as I'm thinking it'll be um the 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 force powers that they shut off looked you know it's you know your standard like force push and uh lightsaber throw and all that nothing nothing wrong with that um i don't think the game looked terribly great like it it was passable but it it wasn't anything spectacular looking um at least not to me and, and i really am not one to uh, to really nitpick at graphics, typically. Now, if something looks good, I'll say it looks good. Um, but but you know that's just me. Like I said, um, there was a lot of climbing in the section that they shut off, and it kind of made me uh, reminiscent almost of Uncharted. Like there was that much climbing. It, it wasn't just like you know there was there was a section of climbing. It's like oh okay cool you can climb, but it was like you're actually climbing um so if you've played uncharted then it was a lot like that um and if you've seen some of the old footage that they had from 1313 uh god almost like five years ago or so maybe even before that uh it looked a lot like that um which again kind of kind of weird i think for a star wars game but whatever um let's see what else 
the there was one of the things I, I did like about it, um, though, was so you 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 got this little droid on your back. Um, what that droid's purpose is, I don't, I don't think we really know. Um, but the the little droid um, jumps off your back and it, it does things like open doors and um, you use it to heal, which I thought was really cool. Um, but the coolest thing I think. Um, and something I'm a big fan of is, is using the world, if you will, um, to kind of build your your interface. Uh, and so what that droid does is a, a big thing is it holograms the map, um, and 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 that's how you open up your map, which is, which is cool. I, I like that. Um, uh, beyond that, though, you know, like I said, pretty pretty eh. Um, although I, I, I know Jay had uh, differing opinions uh, about that. Yeah. So overall, um, I, you know, I have a very different take. Like I'm not normally like an adventure game kind of player, you know, like Assassin's Creed or that kind of stuff. That's not normally kind of my bag. Uh, so, so this is just a slightly different uh, take on a game that, you know, that I probably don't, jump into this genre as much as bait does. Like there's a big God of war fan along with basically everybody else that breathe. Uh, but I, I think what respawn is doing is um, definitely, this is the front runner for the sing single player campaign type, you know, curated story, star Wars game that we've probably wanted for many, 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 many years, like decades kind of. Um, so my take on it, was what I was so so being a big Star Wars nerd, I jumped into all kind of other crazy details just out of very cold sort of logical way. I thought that the general gameplay was pretty solid. It was not bad. It was fairly fluid. Um, I it looks a lot better when you're fighting one or two things, not I think maybe a bunch, just by the ways the animations work. Um, but it, it's it's definitely a very gritty take on like lightsaber combat. Uh, it's it's pretty. It's pretty rough and tumble, uh, and there's some. And it definitely shows off some really neat sort of force moments, uh, some kind of Kylo Ren freezing a blaster bolt in time and space, and some very uh, nifty kind of ways you can manipulate things with the force in terms of push pull, how you can interact with the environment with um, with you know the things that you are pushing and pulling, so to speak. So for for example. Pretty baller move in one of the the combat scenes where the the Jedi freezes a blaster bolt and then a few moments later ends up force throwing a bad guy back into said blaster bolt that is frozen in the air and smokes him with it. Pretty cool. Uh, there, there's a lot of neat scenes. It's definitely a much more rough and tumble or kind of rough uh, combat style. Not very Jedi like. A little bit more Sithy, if you will. But overall. It looked pretty good. I did like the fact that Saw Gerrera, uh, played by Forrest Whitaker, was back in his young, younger, less crazy form. Um, it, they definitely are trying to keep some continuity there. It's very interesting to figure out what is the, like, who, who this kid is or what's going on. They, they've already revealed there's another Jedi that uh, this person's in talking to or involved with as part of their efforts to aid the rebellion. It's not clear if they're aiding the rebellion or just just trying to get the hell out of Dodge. It's a little unclear. Um, 
I thought the utilization of the BD mechanic was good. So BD is the name, BD-1 is the name of the little droid that rides with uh, the Jedi on his back. It's definitely like small size. By the way, that's a throwback to BD from Titanfall, obviously. Um, and, and his purpose, I think, is basically, you know, the technical MacGuffin to do anything. That's your hacking mechanism. That's your how do you get in small spaces mechanism. That's your how do you heal. It's basically your ghost from Destiny and for all intents and purposes. Um, so oh, you didn't really get a hint of the story, so to speak, but you definitely got a feel for the world. The sound was on point. The music was on point. Um, I didn't see a lot in there that I didn't like. Uh, it's definitely, I'm definitely super interested in going and in, in going after the game. But like I said, I, I view these a little bit different. I don't, I rarely play these sort of adventure style games. Um, you know, I've heard some comments that it's maybe a bit sort of Nathan Drakey kind of, kind of, but with Star Wars, I'm pretty okay with that. Those were good games. You know, uh, what you also don't really get a sense of, is this a, an open world thing or is it that curated single player experience a la you know, God of War. I think it's a bit more God of War, not comparing it necessarily to that game, but I, you know, just in terms of, I don't see this as a big open world, like Assassin's Creed kind of, you know, go all over Greece and, you know, do some shit for like, you know, 60 to 80 hours of gameplay. I don't get a feel that's what this is. I think I'm guessing, guessing this is probably 30 or 40 hours of a well-crafted story. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with that. Uh, Respawn does a great job. I still think Titanfall 2 might be one of the best uh, shooter campaigns that I've seen ever, uh, hands down. So overall, I, I like it. I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, I'm kind of with Jay on this one. I think he, he wrapped it up pretty well. But I mean, like, like you said, Respawn does really good work. Um, I don't know if it's EA, but from what we're seeing so far, it looks really solid. I think it'll turn out to be a pretty good, a pretty good game overall. Yeah, I mean... I think it'll be fine. Um, yeah, I I think it'll be fine. But you know, like Jay said, I I really think that this game will turn out to be Uncharted with lightsabers. And you take that for what you will. Those Uncharted games—they're not bad. I I love them to death. I really do. Um, but I don't know, man. For some reason, that that doesn't. <sighs> That that just doesn't seem Star Wars, it, it, uh, if that makes sense to me at least. Um, but but that might be a, a close-minded view to to have on that. Um, I I think as as we get closer to launch, um, more more gameplay will come out, and I'm hoping that will change my mind on it. Um, I know that there were a lot of things that obviously they didn't show off. They didn't show off um, any kind of skill tree um, or anything like that. Um, so hopefully um, we get to see how those things work and, and all. Um, my, my biggest hang-up, though, I think, is the fact that it is EA. Um which is a shame to say it, it really is um, because I like Respawn. I like the work that they do. Um, but at the same time, man, it, it, it is still EA. Um, and so I'm hoping that doesn't really have any effect on the final product. 
but I think it might, um, which would be a, a massive shame. Um, I also think Respawn is kind of a little bit of a weird choice to do a Star Wars game. Um, I, I, I think personally that they should have not shut down Visceral, um, where these kinds of games are their bread and butter. Um, they, you know, they, they did Dead Space and they did, Sp they did Dead Space really well. Um, and so I, I was excited to see what, um, what Visceral and what, uh, Amy Henning had planned for their, uh, open world Star Wars game. But, you know, that's not what we have. So this is, I think this is the closest thing that we're going to get to, uh, to an action, uh, Star Wars game for, for a little bit. Um, but the the game did give me very very heavy um i don't know if you guys played uh the was it force unleashed that came out um to 2008 i think so like 10 or 11 years ago at this point um it, it, this game very much reminded me of of that first force unleashed game which not a bad thing at all um it, it was a really solid game the second one was a heaping pile of garbage um but if this game kind of stays in that same vein, I, I, I think it'll be all right. Yeah, I've heard that comparison as well, and I, I think that might be fairly reasonable. But, uh, you know, it's tough to say until we kind of see the final product. And there's no way that this game is open world. If, they, if it comes out this, that this game is open world, I, I would be surprised. Um, I, I would also welcome that. I mean... I would love an open world Star Wars game. Hell, man, it'd be fun. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I would, I would say. So this is a good example. And Bait, Bait and I are good foils on this sometimes, where we see a, a game from slightly different perspectives. Like, I, for me, I, I kind of really like the idea of that curated sort of single player campaign without it going open world. At least in this version. By the way, that's a, that does not in any way, shape, or form mean I don't. I would not like to see a really high quality open world Star Wars game. Uh, I would, but I think for this one, I you know, kind of that style, like I said, that that sort of Uncharted style um, activity. I, I think that that kind of kind of speaks to me right now in terms of where I'm at with this. Now, by the way, what is interesting that need, that I was thinking about this as bait was kind of wrapping up a second ago is. We have like absolutely no idea about anything going on other than that maybe what nine ten minutes of gameplay that we saw. So it is the, getting a scope of the game or like how big and impactful it is is uh, is very difficult. So I think that's a that's just something to keep in mind. I mean, for all we know, like that might be the most on the rails part of the uh, of the game that we saw I doubt it but we're not like we don't really understand like where all this fits in the big world of Star Wars either uh, so for you know like I said for what it's worth I, I think this is I think this is probably going to be good um, but your mileage will merit will vary as with most of these type of games so I, and I don't think that's a bad thing and I think it's just just a matter of how bait sees a game versus I do in some cases and the reality when the game comes out we'll, we'll probably at some point both play it and the truth will likely be i suspect oh yeah i 
I want to like the game. I do. Um, but at this point, again, like Jay said, after like 10 minutes, dude, uh, of seeing, you know, this, we're, we're talking 10 minutes out of, you know, potential 30 or 45 hours of, uh, of an entire game. Right. So hopefully as we see more and I, I I'll probably end up uh, picking it up. Um, and I, I, I hope that I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I do. Um, so we'll see. Um, uh, a couple of other things that, that just came to my mind um, as I'm, I'm kind of I had a big, long multi-paragraph thing in Skype about it um, when it came out that I wrote um, kind of going through that again. Um, supposedly, the game will have no microtransactions. Um, so yay for that. But again, we have to come back to Big Daddy EA. Um, if it does, then whatever i i personally i don't really care i'm not going to spend money on on stuff like that that's that that's not how i you know how i roll um so wouldn't be surprised though if game comes out and it's like oh you can spend i don't know let's say two dollars to get this cosmetic that you can you can unlock in the game but you pay two dollars and and you you get it now or or kind of deal that that wouldn't surprise me um, if you're familiar with how Assassin's Creed did, uh, Assassin's Creed was it Unity did their microtransactions. It, I would not be surprised again if it were along that same vein. Um, that little droid, if there are microtransactions in this game, that little droid is going to be a fucking cash cow for microtransactions. Putting little skins on that bad boy, dude. Oh, money, 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 right there. Um, uh, a couple of other th uh, other things. Um, people were saying that the AI was uh, skipping in spots. I swear up and down, I didn't see any of that. I watched that gameplay back like three times, I think, and I didn't notice anything. So maybe these are just overly critical people watching that. You know that that's something that they thought they saw, or maybe they did see it. Um, but I, I certainly didn't see anything like that. Um, Going back to what Jay said, though, it, it does seem like that one-on-one -on -one is where the combat is going to shine, for sure. Um, in groups, it was there was, I think, like one or two parts uh, right there toward the beginning where you're fighting a group of, like, OG stormtroopers. It was kind of kind of wonky, I thought. But then when you get up to, like... Um, Oh God! What are those things called? They they look like the little uh, General Grievous uh, guards with the the double bladed staffs oh, with the shit. Uh, those are uh, those are actually uh, I think they unveiled in uh, Star Wars Rebels. They're they're sort of like special forces stormtrooper guys that's trained. They're trained to go in and help uh, help the Inquisitors uh, go after Jedi. They're they're basically Jedi hunters. Oh, cool! Yeah, so they they had a couple of fights with. Um, there were two, I think, two big ones um, that they had. They had little uh, fights with the combat. You know, in in that scenario, I was was fine. It, it it really worked. But you know, like I said, in in, in groups, kind of a little bit weird. Um, I am I am really curious though. I know Jay talked about the the force powers and whatnot. I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, 
there were some cool things. I I think freezing the the blaster bolt and then throwing the throwing the stormtrooper in front really cool. Um, in my mind though, just like well, how does this work from a buttons perspective? It, it might be a little bit weird. Um, but you know that that's that. Um, hopefully you know there's a a wide uh arsenal of of little force powers that you can have. Um, and hopefully that that's something that a lot of the skill points you get can go into, um, unlocking new abilities and whatnot. That would be really hey, cool. Hey, real quick, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I caught it anywhere. I mean, I noticed like it kept saying you like you're earning skill points during that demo. Did, have you seen anything about the, like the, any of the progression trees or any kind of the leveling or any of the RPG type? Mechanics? I have not. I didn't know if you had. No, from what I understand, there um, there hasn't been anything um, released about that. And if there has, I totally missed it. Um, but no, I, I haven't seen anything because I, I don't think anything's been released about it. Um, I Like I said earlier, though, I am curious to see how that part of it works. Um, I would imagine that, you know, you have your um, your force power tree and then maybe a tree for that little robot. Um I, I I could see that uh, for sure, and then obviously um, something for your you know like lightsaber or lightsaber handling level one and so forth and so on for for the Jedi. Um, something else I would like to see would be um, some kind of like a morality system um, a, a, akin to the old Knights of the Repu- uh, Knights of the Old Republic games. Um, I, I think that that's something that's always really interesting. Um, especially in Star Wars, for some reason, um, this idea of drifting, you know, either in the gray zone or b- drifting between light and dark. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that that comes into play, uh, in this game, especially if they're touting it as an RPG. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see kind of where this thing goes and in what direction they take it, because there's a lot of things they could do with it. But uh, I think for the most part, it's it's in good hands. So we will see when it comes out. Did this one get a, a, a release date on it? I forget. Uh, Not sure if it did. It's still pretty soon, I think. Uh, 2019. Oh, really? This year? This huh. year. Huh? Yes, sir. Oh, that's good to know. So I guess we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, so let's move along here. Um, so Apex Legends, also another EA announcement. Um, not a huge thing, just that they, uh, they're they adding a new legend. Uh, name is Watson. A little bit more focus on, I guess, like turrets and drones and that sort of thing. So less of like a more in-your-face combat, more kind of a tactical defensive style, which I think is good for some people. Um, especially the way that an Apex match kind of plays out, I could definitely see that being useful. Uh, particularly near the end of the the round when you've got <clears throat> usually a really tight space you're working in, they could, they could be pretty potent. So that's pretty good to see. Um, one thing that kind of was interesting to me is that the the way that they're kind of rolling out these new characters, it's very reminiscent of the way that Overwatch tries to do it with these little little shorts. Their art style is quite a bit different, but I thought it was kind of funny seeing the short. I was like, ah, I can see where they're they're drawing inspiration. So. You know, I think Apex is doing pretty well. It's not quite as hot and heavy as I think when it first launched, but I think it's still going uh, fairly strong for the most part. Most part. And I think that was kind of the major things from EA. There was a few other smaller things, but like I said, we can't really touch on everything just from time constraints. So is there anything else for EA that you guys wanted to do before we move on to uh, Microsoft? Not to really. No. All right. Okay. So Microsoft, um, obviously the big one is Cyberpunk. 
2077. We got a new a new trailer. Uh, it wasn't really anything new. It was kind of showing the male version of the protagonist, um, kind of in almost a cinematic scene. But uh, uh, what did you guys think of that and the the kind of fun reveal at the end there? Holy shit, Bucky guys! Baller. Cyber. To- yeah, dude. Cyber. I want to remind everybody that this isn't a movie. This isn't a TV show. This isn't a, a fucking anime, dude. This is a goddamn video game that's coming out in April of next year. This is a video game, and it looks this good. I don't care. Like, you can come up and tell me that, oh, it's E3, so they're running it on the fucking high-end shit. I don't care, dude. This is a fucking video game, and it looks this good. But is it going to look that good on current-gen consoles? Yeah, it, it, it's going to be very good. <laughs> uh, I, I suspect it's... it's you're all, like. Until it moves to you know your PS5s or your you know your PC or whatever, you know that's where you're going to get a lot a lot more out of this clearly. But I suspect this is still going to be a baller game. Um, it just I I just I suspect it's going to be pretty good uh, based based on what we've seen so far. And it's also clear that a fair amount has changed. And that there was not it was not like gameplay per se. It was definitely. Um, you know, sort of, uh, did we lose you, Jay? Hotel Wi-Fi is a bitch. It's terrible. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up and he can, he can jump back in when he, he gets his connection back. But, uh, I, I think where he was going with this, it was kind of more of a, I don't want to say world building, but it was almost kind of like a continuation of what we saw last time. Kind of, they, they had like the whole mission where you're out there to steal, you know, this chip. And this is kind of the aftermath of that. And it kind of shows that, hey, you know, when you do shit in this world, it's going to have consequences. And that may be really bad for your character or the people around your character, um, which is cool. You know, I think that that really what people are looking for in this kind of game is that sense of, you know, your I mean, it's 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 buzzwords now, but like, you know, your choices matter. Right. Where it's like depending on how you approach a given mission, how you execute it, it could have permanent effects on the rest of the, the run of the game. And I think that's that's pretty cool, you know, because it really kind of makes you sit back and go like, hmm, do I really want to go in guns blazing? Because I might actually kill my partner, <laughs> you know, um, or do I want to kind of uh, approach it a little more or a little more stealthy? Because obviously with the way that things went in, you know, the last time, uh, it didn't end well for really anyone in the, in, in this show, in this, uh, this trailer. So that was kind of cool to see. I, it'd be great if the actual gameplay progression followed that, where if you had handled that mission differently, the scene that you saw play out was drastically different. I think that would be really cool. And hopefully it does kind of have that, that breadth to the storytelling rather than just kind of a, Hey, you picked option A, so you get a different, you know, dialogue here, but it doesn't really change much. I think what people are really craving is like an actual tangible choice in 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 effect from from what they do and 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 how they they have their gameplay unfold. So I, I hope that they can pull it off because I think there's definitely a market there for that. It's very exciting, but you know, even if it doesn't have that, this game looks so good. You know, like you said, it, it's visually stunning. Um, I think gameplay wise, it's it's definitely in a good spot with. The RPG elements and in in that sort of thing, I think it just looks it looks really good, and um, it's exciting. And it has Keanu Reeves in it, which is like great because Cyberpunk John Wick is something I never knew I wanted, but we're gonna get it, so that's pretty fun. Yeah, but you really want it now, um, Pokey. I, I I think this game is is going to deliver exactly what you just described as far as having your choices matter and and having. Um, this this sense of like consequence and like oh shit 
this matters, right? Um, I, I I see no I see no other way for this game to go um, except for that. Um, and, and the vibe I'm getting from CD uh, CD Project Red and everything that we've seen and everything that they've released about this game, um, I, I I have no no doubt um, that they'll do anything but that. Um, so yeah, I mean, this cyberpunk dude, it looks amazing. I think what this, what you'll see, this game is going to come out on current gen, and then the minute, the minute, the second after, next gen consoles are officially announced and revealed with release dates and all this other fun shit, uh, the, the, this game is is going to be um, a launch title for sure, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I'm just kind of, so the one thing that did surprise me about this was um, I, you, you know, I would have banked heavy on being that they, that they would showcase this on next gen. I think they still are. But like you said, I, I was thinking uh, that they were going to wait until next gen came out versus trying to do that late, late add into the current gen or legacy platforms rather. Uh, that's the one thing that kind of surprised me about this a little bit. And frankly, if there's a there's a there's a handful of studios that kind of have the cachet to, uh, you know, to, to kind of pull off a, a like a delay move like that, I think uh, CD Projekt Red is probably one of them, and people would have been okay with it. That being said, that you know, I, I will be very surprised if this game does not do extraordinarily well for them. If it doesn't, I yeah, I I, I too would be would be very surprised. It would be a very big disappointment in you know everybody's circle if this game doesn't do well um just solely based on the hype and i i know that the hype train has has let us down on more than one occasion but it's cd project red man people love 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 the witcher um up and down and, and i i think that that cd project red will that they're, they're not going to drop the ball on this at, at all i don't think uh, you did bring up one point. I, I'm a huge. I am psyched about this game. I, I, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Now, that being said, I do think that uh, this is a good. This is a good example. You kind of said the hype train bait. This would be a, a good example of a game that you could get too hyped about, and you might actually still end up with a pretty good game, maybe even a great game that may not live up to some expect expectations. Um, I think that's the most dangerous thing I can see for them, frankly. That and, and you know, even though I believe I believe they're probably going to have a very deep branchy storyline, you know, they're definitely I think going to play hard into that. Um, it's a lot harder to do that in a game like what they're showing us than it was like The Witcher Three, because at, at the end of the day, uh, like I'm sure technology's increased, but to produce a single like mission or, or combat engagement in the kind of environment that they were showing us seems to be a, a fairly significant leap above what we saw even in the wild hunt. You know what I mean? So I, I think, I think we just have to kind of watch how this unfolds. And I do suspect that this game is probably going to be real good coming out of the gate. People burn through some content, get a bunch of story, you know, like story chains up. And then I'll be interested to see how well CD Projekt Red is postured to deliver uh, content downstream from that. How have they been doing as far as, or, or how did they do, I guess I should say, as, as far as um, 
keeping content coming for for Witcher Three? Did did they do that well or or at all even? They had DLC packs, I understand. And there was there's one or two I think that came out that were also you know well received, but uh, it wasn't like a expect an update every three months. It was kind of like a paid DLC pack, like a more traditional model, I think. Okay, yeah, it should be fine. I, the it would be really weird, I think, to see this kind of game as like a um what's what's the term we keep using gaming as a service right i I don't think that that would sit very well um i don't think that would make a lot of sense for this kind of game so i'm hoping that um the 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 dlc packs you know like like we've seen in the past on on a more traditional model um continue to come out for for this game i i can definitely um I would buy that. I, I I could see that happening for sure, and and opening up a lot of really interesting, really different new uh, story options. Yeah, especially if you have the world already built. You know, you're really just tacking missions on, and maybe a few new areas. You know, it, it's you don't want to just be done with that engine and just kind of move on to the next thing. It's it's not bad to build on top of it as long as it's you know not money grabbing. You know. But kind of to wrap up with the two things, but what both of you were saying is that, you know, I think you're absolutely right, Bate, that CD Projekt Red won't drop the ball on it. But to Jay's point, people's expectations can get so high that it's completely unreasonable and you can have a publisher or a developer put out an extremely good game and it still won't meet those unreasonable expectations. So that, that is what I'm a little concerned about because everyone is just freaking out over this. Um and I think it's going to be a fantastic product, but I, I do worry that it'll still be, quote unquote, a disappointment because, you know, regardless of how good it is, it won't be as good as people want it to be, um, even if that's unreasonable. So I, I expect some backlash regardless of what the quality of the product is, which is unfortunate. But, you know, in, in any case, you know, I think between the three of us, we're all pretty reasonable. I think it's going to be really good. I think we're all going to really enjoy it. So I'm, I'm stoked for it. And uh we have a release date on that. I think that is April 16, 2020. So that's actually pretty soon. Um, it's going to be definitely before next gen. But uh, like you said, Bate, it, it will. it's going to be in that limbo area where it's, it's straddling both. And you'll probably get the next gen version of it when that launches as a launch title. But at the very least, you know, April next year, we'll have our hands on it. It's going to be pretty exciting. So I'm, I'm stoked. Um, I think it's probably probably a safe pre-order if they've got a good bundle for it. Um, I don't usually pre-order, but I think with this, you're probably pretty safe as long as your expectations, like I said, are within reason. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we cannot let the the like the star citizen hype or the 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 fucking um, what was the other space game? Um, shit. What, what was uh, the space game that everybody uh, was excited about where you drove to the middle of the fucking universe? Oh, No Man's Sky? Yeah, that game. Yeah, yeah. As long as we're not on those hype levels, I th- we'll be fine. Um, and I will say that if you can wait, y'all, if you don't have to have this game April sixteenth, two thousand twenty, wait for it on next gen. I, I, I really, I, I, I believe that through and through. Um, if you can't wait, dude, I, I totally, I, I get that. I feel you. I'm right there with you. But wait, <laughs> if you can help it or if you just don't have the money for it, dude, just wait. 
Sounds good, man. All right, let's move along. Uh, Gears of War 5. I, I've never been a Gears of War fan. I know it's a, it's obviously its fifth installment. People like it quite a bit. Did either of you play that series? Uh, yeah, the first like, uh, three or three. It came out, uh, and, and it was a good game, but it was quite some time ago. But I, I've never touched the rest of the series. I mean, that being said, I, I know it is much loved by its fan base. I just I haven't gotten into it. Gears of War story is really good. Um, it's a it's a third person cover shooter. Um, I thought Gears Four was kind of stupid. Um, so if I, I, I actually, admittedly, I haven't watched anything about Five. Um, so if Five is a continuation of the story in Four, and and the same kind of um, not style, but some of the characters, I guess if that makes sense. It'd be pretty all right, um, but like I said, if if they're picking up from you know, uh, it, it, it you know before or after those first like three games, it should be fine. Though the, the like I said, those games are are fine story wise, um, except for the fourth one, really, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, I know nothing about it, but it looked pretty good. So you know, I, I'm sure that uh, people will jump on that if you're familiar with the series. <sighs> Uh, next thing is the Elden Ring, and this is actually kind of a, a rumor mill thing, but it's between it's a collaboration between From Software and George R. R. Martin. So this is the people who make the Dark Souls games and the guy who wrote uh, Game of Thrones, and so they are doing a collaboration game, and the game is called the Elden Ring. Uh, really, no uh, gameplay. It was pretty much a cinematic trailer, and it's as cryptic and nondescript as as a Dark Souls style. Uh, trailer gets so you know it, i won't even try to explain what it is just watch it um but you know if you're not familiar with dark souls what you're going to get is a really probably a very intense you know uh non-forgiving kind of combat melee combat and usually it's kind of a very dark theme where the, the world you're in is kind of broken and it's got lots of supernatural stuff going on and you know if you've played a dark souls game or even bloodborne or, or sekiro you're you're gonna kind of know what kind of game this is probably gonna end up being. The you know the of course the the twist is that you've got the guy who Game of Thrones on there doing doing uh, a collaboration. So who knows what their exact involvement is and in how that's all being put together. But like I said, it's got a trailer. You know what kind of games they make, so that's what I'm expecting. You know. I, I like from software games typically, so you know it's something I'm interested in. But at this point, there's really not anything to go off of. So I'll, I'll of course keep my ear out for it. But uh, other than that, there's there's not too much to talk about in that one. Uh, the last thing that I said to Microsoft was the Outer Worlds. Uh, this is kind of a uh, <laughs> it's put together by people that they used to work on Fallout, but they made their own company, Obsidian Entertainment. And uh, they've put together a game that's not Fallout, but kind of feels like Fallout. Um, There was a big kerfuffle because on PC it's going to be an Epic Game Store exclusive, I believe. But it's also being released on Xbox and console, uh, Xbox and PS4. So if you're a console peasant like me, uh, you don't have to worry about all the drama with the Epic Game Store. Uh, If you're a PC player only, then I guess you can you know, have your, your come to Jesus over that. But uh, it got a release date, which is pretty exciting. So that's October 25th this year. So it actually coming up pretty quick. So that one looks pretty exciting. Um, I might pick that one up. Like I said, I, I've, I like that style. And the guys that are making this are the ones that made uh, Fallout New Vegas, which is still the best Fallout game that they've done. So, you know, it's probably a, a pretty solid quality. 
So let's move along to the Bethesda presentation. Oh, real quick, real oh, quick. Oh, oh, so sorry, sorry, so sorry, sorry. Microsoft finally um, unveiled a new Halo game. Um, so that's it, a pretty, a, a pretty big thing. Um, or not unveiled it, but they they kind of re- released a, a cinematic trailer for it, um, and we got some more details on it. Um, go watch the trailer for it. It looks like it, it it's going to be relatively interesting. It's Halo, guys. You should know what to expect by now. Um, something that I did see though that I thought was was moderately interesting. Um, so the the game will launch uh, fall of twenty twenty. Uh, on Windows 10, Xbox One, and uh, next-gen hardware. So, in my mind, what does you think about, say, bait, what does that tell you? Well, that tells me, maybe, um, that next-gen is going to come fall of next year, and uh, E3 2020 will be a clusterfuck of new hardware. So, that's Halo. Go watch the trailer. Really good. All right, sounds good. So Bethesda. Um, <laughs> so they started off with a, a trailer for a game called Ghostwire Tokyo, and I thought it was going to be this like really creepy kind of like uh, survival horror style game. Like I was pretty excited, but then they kind of started talking about it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's an action adventure game," uh, and that kind of actually killed my interest. <laughs> like I like action adventure games, but it just I was hoping it would be something else in the, in that mix of, you know, supernatural horror with action adventure doesn't really do it for me typically. Um, but uh, no, it's, it, it looks interesting at the least, but uh, the trailer is kind of cool. It's kind of got this, uh, you know, what if like 80% of like the world's population just dis- disappeared. So we're talking like, you know, Thanos snapped and now we have ghosts and all kinds of crazy shit going on. Um, like I said, it looked interesting. I'll, I'll keep an eye on it because it, it's, it, it, like I said, it, it's got some cool stuff that they're showing. Um, I just wasn't sold on the genre that they're kind of setting up to be. So I'll keep an eye on it and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Another one that they did was Deathloop. And this, it was kind of a very stylish thematic, like a cinematic trailer. And it, it kind of looks like it's revolving around these like two assassins that are like trying to, to kill each other in this world. But when they die, they kind of reset. It's like this constant cycle of, of death and then try to outsmart each other and respawning. Um, they said it's got a, it's an interesting story. It's kind of got this unique twist on it. Um, didn't really get into a lot of details about what that actually means. But again, it's kind of one of those trailers like, Hey, take a look at it. You can kind of form your own opinion about it. But unfortunately there's not a ton to go off of right now, but uh, it, it could be good. It was stylish. Um, kind of visually entertaining so it, it's probably worth taking a look at for the trailer at the very least so uh, uh were you going to talk about death stranding at all uh we talked about it briefly i think a couple weeks ago but yeah we can go over it again yeah. uh, i don't want to go over the whole thing because i don't think we have time nor the understanding to do so no um, we don't <laughs> I, I was just kind of curious because they've definitely sort of unveiled more and i don't know if i'm more or less confused not so much of the story but how the fuck you play the game just curious um, I'm still not sure what I you do with the baby. people came out more confused. Yeah, I, I, I still don't know what you do with the baby in a can. Um, did you want to mention? Uh, so okay, so real quick, one observation. We kind of talked about it very early in the show. E3 is definitely different because a lot of people aren't showing up to E3. They're kind of doing their own thing, more or less around this time frame. I would recommend one look no further than Bungie, the developer of Destiny. They had a few announcements, kind of small potatoes, but just a few. 
um, that happened around the same time frame that uh, that I think is going to change that game dramatically over the next, you know, probably six to twelve months. Uh, yeah, that we we actually haven't talked about that. We can touch on that real quick because um, the the game's going free to play, right? Like for everything up until the last year of content or something like that. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm not I, I don't think we probably have enough time left in the show to really sure. run through, but just a quick bullet point list, which is probably by no means complete. Um, there is going to be a major. Um, there, there's a there is a major uh, DLC this fall. Uh, you know, I believe it's called Shadow Keep. Uh, that will, you know, sort of be in that kind of traditional fall DLC mode that Bungie has, which is a fairly beefy, uh, big sort of drop in terms of story and activities and, and, a, and a refresh of quite a few things in the game. Uh, that's absolutely coming. What that also tells a lot of people is that Destiny 3 is not around the corner. Uh, and they were very adamant about wanting to continue to build out Destiny 2. So what that tells me is we might be a, a couple years off from anything that's like a Destiny 3. Because they are definitely going full bore into the uh, the MMO RPG side. They made that very clear in the Vidoc that came out and in the, their 90-minute uh, their live stream. So free-to-play coming up, new big content drop. The free-to-play will be in Destiny 2 year one, all the way up through that. Said all of the destinations are apparently available, so you can still go to the, the Dreaming City and stuff like that, but you won't be able to do any of the story quests or any of the, um, like the exotic quests or, or any of the, like, I, I don't think you're going to get anything maybe other than world armor or something like that, but it's your, your loot pool will reflect uh, or all your content will reflect D2 or D2 year one, but you will have access to all the destinations and all the strikes apparently. Uh, so you can get into any strike uh, at all. So that's part one. Uh, that is coupled with this thing called, uh, mm, God, was it something light, uh, a new light or something like that, uh, where you basically come in sideways in your free to play in the free to play style and you start out at like 750 light level, so you can immediately access in-game content. Uh, you can you can pretty much if you got somebody that doesn't play Destiny or haven't touched, touched in a long time, they can immediately start a character and they can jump right in with you. As opposed to, hey man, I'm glad you brought you, you got Destiny. I'm super stoked to play with you in like three weeks after you grind a bunch of shit and then you can come see me. That's kind of how it is now. In um, three weeks might be charitable. So. That, that's, a, that's a big one. Um, they went over quite a few different activities and things like that. By the way, this season of Opulence, the, the, the one that just dropped two weeks ago, ton of stuff to do in there. Oh, my God. Ton of stuff. The uh, six-player matchmaking activity uh, is one of the best things Bungie's put out in a long time. It's basically – it sort of teaches you how to do a raid, but you can't lose. You can just, it can just take more time to get through with it, basically. But it teaches you a lot of the, or preps you for mechanics and raid. It is a six-player six matchmake-based match activity. A lot of fun. And you can kind of grind for specific things now and not just uh, hope, you know, pray to RNGs that you get the right weapon with the right role on it. Uh, so a lot going on there. I won't go into any of the story stuff, but uh, probably the big thing coming out of it, other than sort of the inferences about the, you know, the direction Bungie is going is, it is going to be cross-save starting this fall against all platforms. That's 
pretty big, pretty big news. Um, they will, you'll have cross save, you know, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, reportedly Stadia uh, as well. Stadia also announced uh, Bungie and Destiny's partners with them as well. So I think there's a huge amount of things going on in the future, and they're definitely sort of articulating where some change is going to be. Uh, they're going to add, a, they, they look, are looking to add a lot more stats in the game, sort of, again, that more RPG-type feel or build-type feel. Um, so there's, there's big, huge changes on the horizon for Destiny. A lot of that does a couple things for you. One, it sort of gives you the guideposts for what they're looking at in the next two to three years, which is not necessarily Destiny 3, at least not necessarily, um, but it's definitely going to be iterations on Destiny 2 to kind of get it to where they want, maybe before they make a huge a whole new restart or refresh with a you know Destiny Forever or, or something like that. Um, and then it also kind of ushers in this. This is again is one of those initial sort of very big uh, players in the game market, you know, in terms of the IP you know, really getting into cross save, which I think is that gateway drug into cross play at some point. So that's, that's your destiny update for the, for the week. Sounds good, man. Thanks for the update. Cause I, I've not been tracking that at all. So I was kind of curious what was going on. So that's, that's pretty cool. I will eventually get back into that game. It's, I didn't stop playing due to lack of interest. It was just uh, other stuff I kind of wanted to try out. So I will definitely get back to that uh, in the near future. Okay, so back real quick to the Bethesda stuff. So Doom Eternal uh, got a new gameplay trailer. I'm super stoked for that. Like, I'm, you know, I, I raved about Doom 2016 like an idiot for like a year uh, and beyond. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is, of course, kind of the direct sequel to that one. It's the same thing, you know, just just more of it. So I'm, I'm stoked for that. Uh, the kind of cool bit is Battle Mode, which is kind of a 2v1 uh, asymmetric combat where you've got one Doom Slayer and then two player-controlled demons, and they kind of have to... They're weaker than him, but they kind of have to outsmart him and, and, and kind of bait him into, into traps and that sort of thing to try to try to kill him, which is pretty cool. So, uh, you know, we've seen lots of asymmetrical combat games before. They sometimes work, usually don't, but... You know, it's just kind of a side game mode, so that that'll be that'll be fun to try at the very least. But at least the core single player game is going to be, you know, really solid. Um, and Mick Gordon's doing the music again, which is like half the experience. So very exciting on that one. Uh, the other big one that Bethesda announced is Fallout 76. So they are adding a free DLC for all Fallout 76 players called Wastelanders. Um, it basically uh, turns Fallout 76 into an actual Fallout game. So there's like NPCs and like a story mode that like actually is meaningful and, uh, you know, kind of the stuff you would typically expect in a fall game that 76 was devoid of when it first launched. So uh, the game is still kind of a buggy mess, but, you know, if you're still playing or if you were, you know, on the, the cusp of playing it, uh, this could, you know, usher some people back into it. I'm not going to touch that game with a 10-foot pole, but, you know, for those of you that did like it, uh, hopefully this will, will add, you know, a lot of value to the experience for you. Uh, Elder Scrolls Blades, that is the mobile cell phone game that Bait reviewed uh, the beta of, like, several several weeks back. Uh, that is coming to Nintendo Switch as well, which seems to make sense. So uh, it'll probably be actually easier to play on Switch than a phone, so that that's probably a good thing for the game. Um Again, that, that's not really out and available, so we don't know kind of what the final form of that game looks like, but it will be available to Switch owners, which is kind of cool. And they also assured us that Elder Scrolls Six is still in development, but, you know, it's Bethesda. It's going to be years, so, like, they're going to say that for the next, like, three E3s. I wouldn't hold your breath for that coming out anytime soon. 
Anything else from Bethesda you guys wanted to cover? No, I think I, mean, yeah, I think that was a good catch. Um, you know, I, I, there's there's some other articles I've not or some stuff I've not seen that that's kind of in my queue. That uh, I believe there are some comments by Bethesda leadership in terms of um, not so much of a mea culpa or even a, an admission of anything that they had maybe screwed up, but just some uh, some things kind of got flagged for me to take a look at in terms of some uh, maybe tone deaf uh, uh, sort of posture that the uh, Bethesda leadership have had here recently. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's covering it pretty well, I think. Blades on Switch is a good thing, guys. It, it is. That game needs to be on something other than a cell phone. I like the game a lot. I do. I still play it. But, like, it'd be so much better on Switch. And that's all I got to say about that. Action games on the phone just, like, is an instant red flag for me. Like, I just, I won't. Just because it just rarely works out well. But if you have an actual controller, eh, okay, maybe. So it'd be good to see if that one actually turns out to be to be decent on the Switch. Okay, so let's hit up Ubisoft real quick. So Ubisoft uh, had a pretty good, pretty good showing, actually. So Watch Dogs Legion, this is the game that Zell was kind of eagerly looking forward to. Uh, his uh, rumor was correct that it is a Watch Dogs game that takes place in London. Um, I had some concerns about this. The, the whole the whole shtick is that you can play, quote-unquote, play as anyone, and the idea is that any NPC you see is recruitable in one form or another, and you can kind of jump between characters and, and do different things, and they each have different skills and that sort of thing, which is fine. Like, that's, that's a cool feature. You can kind of have a unique... Um, experience depending on who you're playing as if it's like you know the old office guy or the punk rocker or the old lady you know nice my concern with that however is that when you're jumping between kind of a randomly generated set of characters it's gonna be really hard to hold together like a really strong central narrative I'm, that's really my primary concern and I, i've never been a, a watchdogs player I, I just never got into it but I'm concerned that it's going to feel kind of nebulous in terms of how it tells a story because you can't really stick with one character. There's no character development with that um, because it has to be generic enough that it works with whoever is doing the mission, I guess. So my concern is that it's going to turn into kind of a... The, the fate of a mini open world games where it's, the story is kind of weak and it's just like a million checkboxes that you have to cover across the map. And it doesn't really mean anything because they have to let it work with anyone that you play as. So, you know, I, I could be a little more cynical about it, but it just, it kind of raised a red flag in my mind. Like, eh, this might be a pretty weak story. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not sure if the Watchdog games are, are known for a strong story, but this one seemed potentially problematic in my mind. So, yeah, that one is coming out March 6th, uh, 2020. So, I mean, uh, Q1 and 2 next year are going to be packed. Um, another cool trailer that was came out was Rainbow Six Quarantine. So, I initially thought that it was going to be some, like, DLC for Rainbow Six Siege, but apparently it is a standalone game. Uh, and, and they pretty much summed it up. They, they kind of wanted to create, take the style of gameplay of Rainbow Six Siege, but make it for a co-op PvE experience. Um, judging by the trailer and the name, I assume it's some kind of zombie monster hostage rescue thing, um, which is just pretty intriguing. I, I never really got into Siege just because the, the super low time to kill is not usually my thing in a competitive game, but the concept of a very tactical, you know, small close quarters, you know, PVE game, that's, that sounds kind of fun to me. So I'm definitely keeping my eye on that one. 
Great point. I, 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 we're getting there. Calm down. Um, no, so that, that's, that sounded kind of cool. So I'm, uh, keep an eye on that one um, if you want kind of a three-person co-op PD experience. Um, you know, Siege with Zombies could be kind of cool. So that'd be cool to see. Uh, Division is getting, they kind of outlined a lot of their upcoming big content drops. So uh, for Division 2, their roadmap is that they're going to have like three quote-unquote episodes of free DLC that are coming. So uh, the first DLC is actually, I think, coming in July. Like it's, it's, it's coming up pretty quick here. And it's like titled The Outskirts of DC. So you, from the looks of it, and, and I'll get your opinion on this, Jay and, and Libby as well, it, it seemed like it's probably like three story missions in unique locations that you take the helicopter to. So they aren't necessarily physically attached to the main map, but it's, you know, you queue up for the mission, you go to the mission and it's kind of in its own space. And it's probably some, some side quests in the main map. And then probably like I said, three, three or four main missions in the, the locations they outlined, um, which is fine. Like I said, it's a free DLC. Um, it kind of adds a little extra stuff to do. So that's, that's good. Uh, the next DLC is, going to be uh the pentagon which is i think including a new raid and again some more story stuff um which is you know like i said it, it's it's good it kind of adds some more stuff to work on um and those are the first two that are kind of coming coming up so what would you guys think of that so far i mean you think that's that's pretty good or yeah no those look pretty interesting they're they're releasing some uh i think one for sure new new specialization i thought there might have been two which which should sort of be interesting. Like the one that I know about that I've seen a little bit about was the uh, basically the the mini gunner. It's the uh, I can't remember what they called them, but it's basically you, you know like the the big the big heavy the thick boys with the the mini gun. You, you get to tote one of those, um, and it basically you lose a lot of your mobility options, but you you absorb a tremendous amount of damage. And obviously you now have a mini gun, uh, so sort of semi mobile turret type type gameplay. Uh, that looked pretty good. The little like side quest mission things, the little side DLCs. I think that's a kind of a cool idea for them. And it, you know, it would not surprise me that depending on how those things go, that may you eventually might see like a whole like, hey, we're going to go to this some other location, you know, for a relatively relatively extensive time. Kind of think how you moved between planets and destiny. It wouldn't surprise me if they had you maybe not as big as all of DC, but something. If you imagine if there was something like a third the size of DC, as in a future DLC that you just popped into the helicopter and, and bounced down to, or something like that. Um, like you could hit like Boston, or you could hit somewhere. I mean, you could do all these little things like that. Um, that would kind of geographically makes sense or from a story play makes sense. It, so I, it might be a good little test shot. I stuff they're looking at in the future, maybe, but yeah, I, I think it's pretty good. Again, that's, you know, excuse me, division two, uh, consistently delivers really good content. It's really good. I'm kind of in a place where, in all honesty, cause I, cause I travel a lot, don't have a lot of time. I end up soloing a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I play with you guys, but, you know, we rarely have more than three or four people on at once. The, uh, most of what I, I would I still want to do in division is much more you need you gotta have like a posse on board, you know, pretty routinely. So as a solar player, I think I'm you know, I'm pretty caught up on division two right now. Uh but yeah, all those ads sound like those are good directions. I, I think they're gonna continue to tweak the game and it's going to continue to be excellent, is what I, I suspect. 
Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. I think you're on point. Now, I think that the, the big one where I think everyone kind of had their oh shit moment was the third DLC, which wasn't named, but uh, looks to me like we're going back to New York for that one. Yeah, no, that's a good catch. I'll be honest with you. I, um, I really, really would like them to lean into some of the, uh, the, the cross storylines with uh, Ghost Recon and... And, and division and you know, maybe even watchdogs because apparently that takes place in the same universe as well. Um, there's kind of a lot of stuff that goes on in this environment that, that I think would be something that UB has not done a lot. They've done it in a couple other games here and there, but that would be something really cool to lean into at one of these future DLCs. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't shock me. We're going back to New York. I knew that was coming at some point. Yeah, I think it, 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 you know, it's fun. I think it, it kind of has the the same thread as when uh, Destiny 2 did the event where you kind of went back to the Plaguelands and the, the Cosmodrome. It was kind of fun to kind of go, okay, let's take a look at this, you know, X number of years later and kind of how the landscape has changed. So I think it, it, it's got a lot of potential there and they've got the assets. It's probably pretty easy to do, but uh, I think it will help to kind of knit together a lot of the stuff that happened in the story in the first game with what's going on in the second because you don't really get much of that in the beginning of the game. It's, it's pretty weakly connected. Um, so I'd, I'd be keen to see, you know, where that goes with the story and that sort of thing. So that should be pretty exciting. Okay. So we'll move along to what Jay is desperately trying to talk about, which is ghost recon breakpoint. Um, what'd you think of everything they had to show there? Uh, I'll wait till everybody else says something. Cause you already know I'm going to like it. <laughs> Uh, do you think it's going to be pretty much along the same lines of, of what they were doing with uh, with uh, Wildlands, just a different setting? No, um, I, it is definitely different. Um, the fact that you don't have AI compadres is huge, like huge, um, and they've added a lot. I, I think some much more uh, intensive mechanics that you have to you have to overcome from a survival standpoint, and you know damage accrues to, your, to you over time and you actually have to deal with it or you're definitely going to be debilitated. So it's, it's added some mechanics in there that puts a lot more pressure on the individual player. And what it also does is, uh, I, this is, de- I mean, they're, they, by the way, they make no bones about this. They're very upfront with the fact that this game will play best with people, not with, you know, because in Wildlands, frankly, I can solo a lot of content uh with with the ai team you know even when you start to get into moderately high difficulty levels like i invested very heavily in the in the squad team tree so pretty well maxed out very early um and if you even like i said if you play on the moderately to to harder difficulties uh you can still do very well as a solo player in wildlands i i think that would be much harder to do in breakpoint Okay. Yeah. No, they didn't really get as much in terms of gameplay from what I saw at the least. So I'm 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 curious to see how it actually ends up differing um, in terms of gameplay. And I still need to take a look at how much Wildlands has changed since its initial release. I you know have not picked it up since it came out. Yeah, and, and I totally trust you that it's it's totally different because I I don't think you particularly cared for it initially when it came out either, but you seem to to really have latched on to it. So I imagine that there's some, been some pretty significant changes since yes. then. Honestly, it's just the standoff format, you know, at least at least up until Division Two. So I bounced off Wildlands. I was a big Ghost Recon fan, you know, throughout the history of the, uh, you know, the franchise speak. 
but it, it came out and it had a lot of it had a lot of challenges. It was almost daunting to do. Like that map was just scary with the amount of shit you had to, to do in it. It was definitely a time investment game. Uh, some of the mechanic story stuff was pretty good. They've, de- they've definitely changed some of that. They've it was like super dark, like super super dark. Um, when this playthrough, definitely uh, um, a little bit back back uh, better, I think. And uh, they they've updated pain points like you know vehicles control just horribly that they're far easier to work with now. Uh, it's actually playable uh, in a good way, in a very good way. They've, there's a ton of like these side missions and DLCs that are out there. Um, some really neat when there's Splitter Cell Overlast and Fisher Mission they have. Um, there, there's some pretty cool, like you introduced John Bernthal's character that's going to be the antagonist. Uh, in, uh, he's one of the ghosts, actually, or he's a ghost you interact plans so it's really really cool um maybe one of the more fun one fun one fun parts is the uh the predator deal fucking great absolutely just uh, um at some point after you get to an appropriate level and and you discover the area it's in and you know if i did the predator dlc was already in there that there was a predator DLC. I would have known. What the fuck is this? You know, and and I can imagine when it rolled out if, if they had done that and not told anybody. I think they advertised it pretty well though. What? But you definitely pull full blown trying to track the predator and you get into it like a boss fight. The predator. Uh, it, it's really good. Uh, it's, it's got the, mu- the music from the the movie, from the original movie. It's got all the sound effects. Um, it's really good. It's very good. And you get a lot of different uh, apparel and vanity the original uh, Predator. So that game has come a long way. It's a lot of fun You're from that tactical chess. After looking at, I think, about 14 minutes of gameplay from Breakpoint, they've definitely built on it. Uh, it they definitely started at the high point of Roblands and like veer off like 30 degrees, like not in a bad way, just they kind of did a course shift in terms of what your experience is, you know, about 30% or so. Uh, and like I said, it's very, very much built around, uh, you know, you are the hunter, you are not in control of the situation. You are not driving the act in the way that you did in Wildlands. You were definitely offensive pretty much the entire time in Wildlands. Whereas this, you are on the run from from the initial point of the game. So it's pretty, I'm pretty psyched about it. it I am scared to death for another game that's coming out this fall I want to play too. Sounds good, man. Um, no, like I said, it's something I need to look into I haven't gotten around to it yet, but uh, I need to do more research on, on what's available for uh, Breakpoint because I only saw like the initial story trailer um, and I haven't looked into the gameplay yet. So we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at it. We'll probably touch back on that maybe, uh, maybe next episode here. Uh, so moving along real quick, uh, kind of rapid fire here at the end just because we're running a little long on time. So the Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, got another trailer and a big chunk of, uh, of gameplay. You know, seven is definitely not my favorite Final Fantasy. Like it was decent, but it wasn't nearly as like top tier as as most people feel, at least for me. 
Um, but I am super hyped for this game after seeing that gameplay. Like, it, it's obviously a huge departure from the original style of, of, of combat, but I think that's that's a really good thing. At least, you know, again, in my opinion, they, you can tell that they've really learned a lot from the last few games that they've put out like you see little bits of Final Fantasy 13 15 even some stuff from from 12 and 14 in there and they've kind of taken the best bits of all of those games and how to do combat and kind of mesh them together into something that looks really good like it looks like it flows really well the UI looks pretty clean um some really good quality of life stuff how they kind of have everything set up uh, it looks fantastic so like from a purely gameplay standpoint I'm very excited for this um from a story standpoint, I think they have a great opportunity here to kind of clean up a lot of the story in 7. There, there was some weird shit in that game. Like, the thing came out, like, in the 90s. It was a weird game, um, and I think they could modernize a lot of it. So, overall, um, I'm much more excited for this game than I was before. I think what they had to show was, was fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to it. And so, uh, they did confirm it's still going to be episodic, so I think it, the, the first chunk of it is... Uh, basically from the start of the game until the end of the Midgar section. If you've played the game, you'll know what I'm talking about, uh, which is a pretty sizable chunk. And if they flesh that out, I think it'll actually be, you know, a, a sizable episode. It won't feel too short. It's That's a good stopping point, I think. So uh, we'll see kind of how that episodic nature plays out. But I think for, for the initial offering, that that feels pretty good to me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, God, I didn't write it down, but it's, uh, it's coming out early next year um, for, uh, I think it's, God, it might be March. I'll have to check. But uh, that's pretty exciting, so I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII is getting a remaster, finally. Um, took them long enough. People have been begging for this for a long time, but I know they were kind of stuck in some some legal gridlock with the use of one of the main songs in the game. So that's, that's I guess, cleared up, and they are going to be releasing it as a remaster for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, which is pretty cool. Um... Other game they announced, Outriders. Again, it's kind of a creepy, um, almost like Lovecraftian sci-fi FPS shooter by, by developer by the name of People Can Fly. Um, looks kind of trippy, kind of cool. Something I might kind of like. So looks like a three-person co-op shooter. Um, might keep an eye on that one. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is getting a DLC called Remind. Not sure the details on exactly what it is. Um, a little bit of more story tidbits, uh, play some of the additional like, side characters in the game. I'm not looking like there's going to be a ton in this, honestly. Uh, I'm not even sure if it's paid for or not, but uh, you know, it's probably a pretty small offering. I'm not too hyped for that. I mean, I'll, I'll get it if the price is reasonable, but uh, I'm not like, oh my god, this is amazing. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV got a launch trailer for the next expansion of Shadowbringer, which is coming out uh, in early July. Huge lore implications. Like, I could go on for a long time about that, but I won't do it in the show because we're out of time and I don't want to get into all of that mess. Um, but probably the one that, that the game that we're probably as a group more interested in is the Avengers game. And I think we, yes, were, we were kind of way <laughs> off the mark with what we were talking about, what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, so we thought it was going to be like a DC online, but for Marvel, no, not even close. Um, it is a story driven single player or co op. Avengers game with a you know a story which uh, from the sounds it will be expanded upon um, over time, but it is a story game that you can play alone or with friends and it looks really cool. Like there wasn't any gameplay, it was all cinematic, but like 
I like where they're going with the storyline. And Jay, you might be more familiar with the plot line they're following. Um, Livy mentioned something about it, but uh, what, what what'd you guys think of that one? Because I know we were Looks pretty good. totally off the mark on it. I'm I'm pretty down. I, I for some reason I, I gotten into my head that you might like I said you might be able to make your own character, but it definitely looks like you're you're playing as named characters. So that tells me it's not like a you know an in, you know, destiny esque type instance or anthem or something like that where you got like a bunch of people running around all at the same time. It'd be kind of crazy if you had like a bunch of doors or something at the same time. So, um, I, I think it sounds like you're definitely playing as named characters. I, I, I was listening for to see if there's other options. They also clearly indicate there's going to be, you know, future characters coming out pretty routinely. They kind of teased Ant-Man towards the end. We're not teasing a flip show to Ant-Man at the end. Um, if they do this well, uh, it leads itself to almost a um, translation of, of comics to video games very cleanly in a your DLCs. If you imagine, it, just think of the roster that Marvel has, right? If they let's just say that they do well, they that it, it is good. It's B plus, A minus, does real well. People like it. A lot of fan service uh, and. Every time you get a DLC, you get like a new character where there's a hero or villain and you get like some specific quests that they can go on. You know, like like character plus, you know, like, you know, his, you know, five or six missions that are specific to him that, that, you know, or her that are, you know, right out of the pages of the comic or something like that. You get to relive kind of part of a part of like iconic stuff like that or fresh take. You could just now either in microtransactions, uh, you know, or just like pay deal do well with that model. And, and that would set up extremely well for a long-term game, you know, for like something you want around for like three to five years. That would set up something like that very well. And I, I can't, I do not think we've had a superhero game that was remotely like that. I don't think. Um because, yeah, you know, like I said, you had these kind of curated experiences with Arkham. Uh, Spider-Man was definitely kind of on rails. Phenomenal game, but it was on rails a little bit. If this is a little bit more open-ended and they add character DLCs, which they clearly said they were going to, you could have, you could have some pretty neat, pretty neat things going on uh, in there. And, and I do, by the way, I do like the fact that it is not tied to the MCU. That, I think, is pretty uh, they're definitely taking their own. They made, they went out, they went to yes. show that this is their own kind of fresh take on Marvel or on comics, and that's actually something that a lot of people don't know in the modern day. Is that's why you had like numerous runs, even sometimes simultaneous runs of, of books or, or characters, uh, and they would be tweaks or different. You know, they'd be different. You know, activities going on in, and sometimes different stylizations and, and powers and stuff. And a lot of that was because it was the imagination of the individual writer and wrestlers uh, and, and I, so I, I think it's kind of cool that it's a little bit it's a little bit off the MCU uh, I think that is actually good for for them I think that's a I think that's a healthy thing because it can break very quickly and very subtly but you know firmly that they can kind of make their own choices uh, and you can see that even just the, the character stylizations and things like that so overall things pretty good I'm excited this is gonna be really fun. It looks really good. Um, I think the most like negativity I saw about the game was people were kind of uh, bitching about how weird Cap looked. What? Whatever, y'all. Who cares? It looked like a guy. 
or armored up. <laughs> yeah, like he had exactly. a lot, lot of like, uh, he was. It, it, it did. I wouldn't say it looked weird, but I noticed it immediately because he usually has a much more cleaner look. You know, even in his kind of shield agent of shield outfits, he definitely like. He definitely had like a lot of Kevlar ballistic plating draped around him that he normally doesn't. Oh yeah, like I, I definitely noticed it, but I didn't think it like looked bad. Um, I will say though that like Troy Baker and Nolan North is like my yeah, favorite yeah. voice acting combination, fucking ever. So all right, no, they're, they're absolutely the fantastic. Next five DLCs that DLC characters is coming out of that game. Spider Man. You'll get uh, Ant Man, Spider Man. Um, people in the audience were were screaming, "Where's Hawkeye?" Uh, so maybe that. Um, but Hawkeye doesn't matter, so he 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 could matter. He could matter. Um, Doctor Strange would be a good one, I think. Um, yeah. Wolverine. Uh, you think you think they'll go that direction? Do they'll tap into the X Men? Bruh, you I know they will. Think they're, think they're, think but really early that. on, like any other take? Okay, so Ant Man's obvious. Um, yeah, who do you think they'll bring in first? I think. Doctor Strange is a natural choice. He's he's like he's like hyper powerful though. It's kind of like how do you how do you bring in like Superman into a into a a, a game? You know, it's kind of tough. Um, I think you might get Falcon. I think that's a safe choice at some point. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if you pulled a. They may not go full Winter Soldier. That that may not work. Um, Maybe Black Panther. I was actually kind of thinking uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Because they kind of bridge the gap between uh, the Avengers and Mutants a little bit. Uh, I could see that. Vision was another one, if they're kind of going classic Avengers lineups. I do think the wild card, and is no pun intended, but I think Deadpool, is an, an, he's going to be in that game at some point. Like, not at all. Which is interesting, because Nolan North easily voices Oh, him. yeah. Uh, so... I, I think Deadpool is is definitely going to be in the game at some point. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a if not an early ad, he's a he's not too far down the road. Uh, I I do think you could. There's room for some of the defenders, you know, like a Daredevil, uh, you know, or a Punisher or something like that. I think there's absolute. That's an easy one to to wicker in. The ones I think you're gonna you're, they're gonna wait on. Absolutely, they're going to wait on the X-Men. They're going to wait on the mutants for a little while. I think everybody's trying to let mutants go on cool down for a little bit, and they're going to try to figure out how to get them reinvigorated into into the mainstream part of the Marvel Universe because they were definitely on timeout for a long time. Uh, and in particular, I think the Fantastic Four. I think I think what you're going to see is two kind of group breaks. There'll be like a, you know, like a smattering of like kind of individual characters that come out, and, but you're going to have the Fantastic Four will probably come out as a group or set, and then you're probably going to have a group or set of mutants. Uh, in particular, a couple of your clutch X-Men and maybe one of your clutch villains or something like that uh, will come out down, downstream uh, relatively soon, too. I suspect they're going to have one, two, I'll, I'll bet you in six months they will have added double the, at least double the number of characters, probably more than more than double the number of characters. Uh yeah, probably a. I'm I'm betting fifteen to eighteen total characters uh, after the six six month mark. That sounds about right. Cause, I mean, when when Square Enix did their uh, Decidia lineup, they were adding characters at about that rate. Like they it that roster bulked up real quick. Um, 
So I, I, I can see them kind of maintaining that that pace. But yeah, no, I think that's, that that one looks pretty interesting. I'm 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 very keen to see where that goes. Like I, said, I was totally off on it, so it'll it'll be good to see. I don't think it has a release date yet because they're still kind of early on, but they're they're obviously pretty invested in it. So I imagine it's coming uh, in the near future. So I'm 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 pretty stoked. Uh, that being said, I it might hold off on Nintendo stuff just because I haven't really looked at it too closely. A lot of that was today, and I might drag my brother in for that because he's like a absolute fanatic um so you'll probably have lots to say on that but uh was there anything else you guys wanted to touch on real quick before we, we kind of wrap this one up no i think we're good to go okay cool so shout outs then um my shout out goes to the guy in the audience that uh when keanu reeves is on stage and he's like yeah this game's great it's absolutely breathtaking and the guy just screams at the top of his lungs you're breathtaking <laughs> um to keanu reeves and he's he's like thank you uh they, they apparently gave that the guy that screamed that like uh free like collector's edition of cyberpunk 2077 like they found him afterwards so props to that guy it was a good laugh and uh it was definitely a pretty funny moment for the show all right bait you're up dude fuck that guy that's amazing um uh let's see so my shout out um i have two shout outs um my first one is going to uh, – I went to a concert on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, down in the awful shithole that is Ponte Vedra. Um, so shout out to Lake Street Dive and the Rad Trads for putting on an absolutely amazing show. Um, by far one of the best concerts I've ever been to. And I've been trying to see uh, Lake Street Dive for like two or three years now. So it, it was good to finally uh, get to see those guys. Um, and then uh, my second shout is going to uh, go to um, I, I have no idea uh, who this dude is um, or where you can buy this shirt. But um, if you're Floridian, uh, this is very near and dear to your heart. Um, it is the I4 eyesore um, on somebody's shirt, and it says procrastination level, and then it's got a picture of the building. Um, if you've been on I4, you know exactly what building I'm talking about. Um, and I, I posted it in the in the Discord. If you want to uh, go have a look at it, it's it, it made me made me laugh. So shout out to to that guy, assuming he's the one that made the shirt. Yeah, um, I'd like right, to sounds good. Jay, you're... Give my shout out to CD Projekt Red, uh, not for Keanu Reeves, although that's really shout out worthy. Um, I, I would like to point out what they're doing in terms of uh, their pre-orders just real quick they're basically not doing anything that they have not done uh, with all their other games aka the witcher series the base game for 60 bucks when it comes out comes with a the pre-order comes with a ton of stuff like a ton of like like live in your hands like goodies and collectibles and things like that and i suspect it will come with some you know in-game activity you know things as well maybe a couple of vanity items or something like that um and then the i believe there's a there is a an actual deluxe edition which is even but the point is for the regular price of the game you are getting quite a bit of value that you would normally get charged like you know a hundred bucks for 90 or 100 bucks for for most of our, our uh, you know, or deluxe packages and their their regular packages, the deluxe package. So hats off to uh, 
to the CD Project Red team, again, do what they've always done uh, in this regard and maintaining value with uh, for their product. Uh, and, and it just, you know, watching their business practices kind of keeps making me want to buy the game, even though I'm like super stoked about the game in and of itself. I, I will occasionally buy games and play through games um, that I normally don't have a lot of interest in if I really, really like the publisher, because I, I want to support them continuing to make games. CD Projekt Red is kind of one of those nice ones where I really like their games and I really like them. At least, not that I know any of them, but just how they do business. So there you go. That's my shout out. All right, good stuff, man. All right, Libby, you're up. Last Thank you, Zell. Thank you, Zell. I don't have a shout out. Appreciate it, Zell. Oh, killing Thank me. you. I'm saving time. My shout outs to time. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> At least we're consistent, right? All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, lots of great stuff at E3. Tons of trailers to watch. So, I mean, get out there and, and take a look at them. But, you know, if you want to be on the show, if you want us to cover anything in particular, head over to biomass.com. Let us know. But that being said, have a great week, and we'll see you next time.